because I just had a really awesome revelation. So I want to talk about it this morning. Oh, this evening. Where am I? I want to talk about it this evening. I just had a interesting revelation. Hey, what? Um, and I want to talk about the hardest thing about becoming plant-based. I want to talk about, you know, um, what exactly the biggest challenge is with becoming plant-based and what it means to be plant-based um, and the biggest challenge that comes with that. Because what people think it is, is usually not what it really is. We say one thing, but it's something totally different. So um, let's figure it out together. So um, let's talk about the hardest part about being plant-based. I'm live on Facebook too, y'all. So um, I just want to make sure that we got all this set up. Okay. All right. So the hardest part about being plant-based, um, every first Saturday of the month, I do a class called Get Planet, an introduction to a whole food plant-based lifestyle. And um, this past Saturday was no different. It was the first Saturday in July, and I taught this class. And um, one of the attendees asked a question, basically entitled, how do I stop self-sabotaging? And I switched out my teaching hat, put on my coaching hat and went to a live, went into a live coaching session with her. But I want to expound on that and talk about that a little more because it really highlighted um, what the biggest challenge is for people with getting healthy, what the biggest challenge is with, for people with, you know, essentially going plant-based, getting all of these phenomenal results and basically sabotaging and going back to what they're used to, right? Um, and this really can be applied, honestly, to any area of your life, right? Um, because as people of color specifically, we are so used to having to endure. Like endurance is pretty much built into our DNA, right? So as people of color, we're used to being marginalized. Um, we're used to not having access to certain things. Um, we're used to uh, getting the short end of the stick. And we're basically used to having to figure things out, right? We're used to racism. We're used to not being sure if something is because of racism. So everything's a question mark. We're used to, you know, not having, you know, our household income being, you know, less than the, the dominant culture. We're used to health disparities in our community. We're used to discrimination and policing and education and the, the medical field. We're so used to um, all of these different inequities, right? And so while for someone else, it might look like an, an existence or reality that's unbearable for us, we're so used to it that we endure all the time. We endure, right? And so um, what begins to happen is that it becomes normalized, right? And so we have pretty much normalized what it means to have to survive without having full access 
to all of the resources uh, that could help us get ahead quicker. Like we're used to having to endure, having to live a life that may be in lack, that may um, starting by way behind the starting line, right? So we're used to that, right? Um, and so what happens is, especially as people of color, when it comes to being unhealthy, right? Um, sometimes when it even comes to having to live in lack as opposed to living in abundance, right? We're used to that. And so we, um, we then begin to essentially live a life that, um, where we are constantly reorganizing our life so that the, the dysfunction, the disease, the discomfort, the not having the money or whatever is standard. Okay. And so while we will describe a reality where chronic disease exists as hard, where we will describe a reality where not never having enough money is difficult, where we will describe having to constantly go back and forth to the doctor and being on medications to be tough, the truth of the matter is it's such a part of who we are and our being at that point that it's actually easy for us. Right. And so but it's supposed to be hard, like being in lack, not having access, um, being in pain or discomfort is supposed to be difficult. And so we describe it as such, but we don't live it as such. Right. Um, and so we begin to normalize a life that is disease, discomfort, lack, uncomfortable always hurried, always rushed, never enough time, always overextended, always having to make choices um, about what problem to solve today and never really feeling like we have the freedom to do things on our own terms, right? And so um, that really becomes that really becomes normal for a lot of us. So here's what happened when people go plant-based. Um, what I see in my signature coaching program, Farm to Table, um, what I see often and even in one-on-one -on -one coaching, when I used to do one-on-one -on -one health coaching, is that individuals will go plant-based and they will get all of the amazing results that comes with going plant-based. They will begin to lose weight. Their blood pressure will go down. Their cholesterol will go down. Their A1C will go down. Their blood sugar will go down. Chronic pain will go away. Constipation will go away. Um, anxiety will go away. Bouts of depression will go away. Um, they'll be hydrated now. They'll have more energy now. They're, they'll be approaching a healthy weight. Like all of these things happen fairly quickly and dare I say somewhat easily when you adopt a whole food plant-based diet and you're consistent with it. And I'm not saying you even have to be perfectly plant-based, right? Um, but when you're adopting a whole food plant-based diet and you're mostly plant-based and you're number, number one above all consistent with it, those results happen easily, guys. And it might be stuff people are suffering with for years. Like uh, just last month in June, we graduated our spring 2021 semester of Farm to Table students and the results were crazy, right? Like brain tumors going away, chronic digestive issues going away, um, A1C dropping, people getting out of that diabetic range, all of that happens. And I used to be so shocked and excited when I got these results for our students and farm to table in the beginning because I'm like, oh my God, it's really working. It's really working. I'm teaching them. They're doing it and it's working. And But now I'm not shocked by it anymore. I'm always excited and like, it still blows my mind like that this is how I get to live my life, helping people overcome chronic health challenges. 
but I'm not surprised. Like I'm not on the edge of my seat at the end of every semester wondering if people have worked got results, right? I know that when you follow a whole food plant-based diet, not a vegan diet, right, necessarily, I'm talking about a whole food plant-based diet. When you follow a whole food plant-based diet, you, without a shadow of a doubt, like there is zero doubt in my mind whether or not you will get significant results in your health, physical, mental, emotional health, you will no doubt see significant results in your health um, when you adopt a whole food plant-based diet. But here's the hardest part for people. And this is what I see with our students. This is what I've been seeing for many, many years being a health coach. Inevitably, the hardest part about being plant-based for people is who you become when you are no longer managing disease and discomfort. When disease and discomfort, excess weight, chronic pain, chronic medications, chronic supplements, uh, doctor's appointments, procedures, right? Low energy, chronic fatigue. When that is no longer a part of who you are, people begin to disassociate. They don't know who this new version of themselves is, and they don't know how to be him or her. And so this is a, what we call a champagne problem. Okay. But it's a real problem. Champagne problems are still real problems. Okay. But what happens is like people start getting lean. They start getting healthy when they've been overweight or obese pretty much their entire adult life. People no longer have to rely on blood pressure drugs to keep their blood pressure down. People no longer have to rely on statins to keep their cholesterol down. People no longer have to prick their finger every morning to get their blood sugar. People no longer have to take some supplement just to have bowel movements. People no longer, you know, have to just walk. They can run now at the gym, right? They no longer have to avoid that Zumba class or that step class because now they're heart and lungs, they have the energy and the capacity and the desire to do heavier, more intense workouts, right? Um, and, and now they're getting compliments from people. They are um, seeing, they're, they're becoming the pseudo expert in their circle because people want to know how they did it, right? And so the hardest part, and this is crazy because this, this is something I would have never discovered without coaching. What I would have said Previously is that the hardest part for people about being plant-based is, you know, the cravings or, you know, staying on task, the food addictions or cooking or finding places to dine out. That is not the hardest part about being plant-based. It's actually reintroducing yourself to this new version of you who no longer has to manage disease and discomfort and dysfunction in their life. So I want you to think about this. Um, a lot of times, let's say, you know, maybe you're used to um, dysfunctional relationships. And so you stumble upon a healthy relationship, meaning the communication is ideal, it's loving, and you don't know how to handle conflict because you think handling conflict means 
silent treatment and we don't talk or we beefed out for a couple of days, right? But you don't know how to be in a relationship where you guys actually communicate about things in real time, not after a two-day cooling off period, right? You don't know how to be in a relationship where you guys actually enjoy each other's company and spending time together and, you know, just having healthy amounts of intimacy, having healthy communication, um, having trust, right? And so what happens if you're used to a person who, if you're used to being a person who's, um, in a dysfunctional relationship, you essentially sabotage your, your healthy relationships um, or you begin to build up walls and put up these boundaries so that the relationship can't grow any further because you don't know who you're becoming. You don't know how to be vulnerable to another person. You don't know how to let another person in. And so being in a healthy relationship actually becomes more difficult than being in a dysfunctional relationship. That's how health is. Like, it sounds crazy, and I would have never thought I would be talking about this, but being unhealthy and in pain and uncomfortable and being insecure in your body and having body dysmorphia and um, not having the um, all the options at the department store available to you, only being used to being able to shop in this one section with these clothes that feel safe or these colors that feel safe, never wanting to bring attention to yourself and your body because you're so insecure and unhappy in your body, never exploring activities where you have to walk or mountain climb or, or anything that's physical because physical you're so used to being out of shape. All of that has been normalized to you, and that's easy for you, right? And so when you take um, a leap or a chance in your life to do something to... Um, get rid of those things like going plant-based, right? And you begin to lose the weight. You begin to get off the medication. You begin to have energy. You begin to feel good. You be, you don't know how to be that person. And being that person actually becomes harder than being the diseased person, right? And so the issue is that most of us have built up endurance in the wrong area of our life. Does that make sense? Like, we don't have any endurance with being healthy. So what does that mean, be, having endurance with being healthy? We don't have any endurance with having money, right? We don't have, we haven't built up our endurance with having uh, free time and autonomy over our lives, right? And dominion over our lives, right? We've built up endurance with being sick. We've built up endurance with being broke. We've built up endurance with being overextended and overstretched and never get into a place in your career where you're in alignment and you're obedient and you're doing what you love or when you get to a financial place where you um, have options and you have abundance as many of us we self-sabotage and revert back to that version of us that is quite dysfunctional but very comfortable and familiar right and that's what I see with individuals in my farm to table program that's what I see with individuals um, in general with health coaching. You know, in her Saturday class this month, you know, a young lady asked me, how do I stop self-sabotaging? She's like, I have, I, she said, a part of me wants to lose the weight, a part of me wants to go back, to, you know, wants to continue to pursue a healthy life. 
She's like, but then I keep falling for my uh, giving in salty cravings, right? And after asking her a few more clarifying questions, she revealed the real problem. What she tried to tell me was that she had this, these cravings, um, this addiction to salty, crunchy snacks, and that is what was preventing her from, from being able to fully lean into a whole food plant-based lifestyle and exercise and really reach her goals. But then after we really started talking and unpacking, what she said to me was, she said, Lisa, I'm, people are starting to notice my body change. People are starting to ask me questions. I'm getting compliments and I'm getting questions. And she said in the past, because I've been here before where I've tried to get the weight off and get healthy and in the past, um, that, that always made me really uncomfortable. You know, basically people are starting to notice me. And she said in the past, that makes me uncomfortable because that means I have to maintain it. And so there's this level of pressure that comes with getting healthy because now people are watching people see me and now I am responsible for maintaining these results. And that, that, that really scared her, right? There was a level of fear there because she didn't want the pressure. We don't want the pressure of once we starting we once we start do good to stay good, right? We don't want that pressure, right? And so she tried to say it was an addiction to salty and crunchy snacks, but what it really was was a fear, right? It was a fear of being this new version of yourself who had new levels of responsibility. Because with growth and development in life, there's levels of responsibility that come with it, right? When you start getting healthy, all of us know this, right? When you start getting healthy, people want to know how you did it. They wanna ride your coattail. They want the, the, they want the tea, they want the formula, right? Because they're like, oh, show me the way, you look amazing, right? Your energy, you're glowing, show me the way, right? And so there's a level of responsibility because if you haven't set with this new version of yourself yet and really begin to get to know her or him and really just start like thinking about your journey, what begins to happen is you begin to feel insecure because people are coming to you, but you haven't decided you were the expert and you're like, I can't help you. Or I don't want to be responsible for staying fit and healthy. I don't want, I don't want the responsibility of not eating junk food in front of you because now I'm your role model, even though I didn't ask to be, right? And so it becomes extremely challenging to be this new version of you, right? Um, and so we self-sabotage, right? Um, it's just like I remember when I first became an entrepreneur uh, and I definitely had, hey, Quintella, uh, I definitely had a nine to five mindset still, right? So I had done the work to become an entrepreneur, right? But what I hadn't done is taken the time to get to know this new entrepreneurial me. And so I still lived my life under, you know, weekends are when you have fun. Monday through Friday is when you go to bed early, when you turn down invitations to events because it's a work night. You know, Monday through Friday is, is when you are, you know, behaved and, you know, you save errands and you save activities and you save um, leisure for the weekend or for your off days, right? And so I remember when I first became an entrepreneur, like even I believe that Monday morning meant work. Right. Because that's that's the system that I was indoctrinated into, you know, in America. Right. Monday means work. Saturday means play. Right. And so I remember it was maybe years into my entrepreneurial journey, me being a full time entrepreneur, that I 
finally got it. Like, no, Monday morning can mean Netflix and chill if I wanted to, right? And Saturday can be a 14-hour workday if I wanted to, right? Like, it took me a while. Like, just last night, we went out um, for a birthday party for a good, super good friend of mine, pretty much a sister, right? And it was Tuesday, and I drank like it was a Friday. I drank like it was a Saturday, right? And I pretty much slept most of the day today, y'all. Like I had an interview earlier today. Um, I had a meeting this morning, but I pretty much haven't done much today with regard to work, right? Because I can do that because I decided to make Wednesday my Sunday this week, right? I decided that. And I remember though how long it took me to literally not be the nine to five person that I used to be and to get used to this new version of myself who had 100% autonomy and dominion over her life, right? And so that's, and so as an entrepreneur, what began to happen was I like overextended myself. Now I'm, I, I run my own company, right? I have everything that I do, I create it, which means if I don't want to do it anymore, I can let it go. There's no one wrote a job description for me and said, these are your responsibilities, right? When you start your own company or whatever it is, you have the luxury of deciding what you will do and what you won't do in your company. Like, do I want to coach? Do I want to do programs? Do I want to do this, right? I can decide to no longer offer something in my company because it takes up too many resources, too much time, whatever. You can't typically do that when you work for someone else. Like, no, this is in your job description. You have to do this. You can't make a decision that I want to do the home visits, but I don't want to do the written reports. I just want to visit my clients. I don't want to talk about it later, <laughs> right? You usually don't have that luxury. Like that's in the job description. It's required if you will. That's not the case when you're an entrepreneur. You know, you decide what products and services you're going to offer to the world, um, which ones you want to discontinue, which ones you want to keep up. And, you know, you make your decisions that way. But when I first became an entrepreneur, I literally created all these products and services and was always busy. Like my calendar was always full. I'm like speaking engagements, um, write this course, coach this person, go to this event, create this event, like always. And it was literally, if I'm being completely transparent, it wasn't until this year. Okay. I started my first company in 2015, my second company in 2017. It wasn't until this year in 2021 that I finally got it, that I don't have to be busy or overextended, that I can you know, create a very comfortable living for myself and I can serve the world at a high level without being overextended, without filling every empty space in my calendar. I had a nine to five mindset, like work, 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 work. No, like Lisa, you can have three hour, four hour work days. You can make Wednesday your Saturday. Um, you can only offer one product or service. You don't have to have, you know, a thousand products or services um, to serve the people. Every time somebody comes to you and decides they want to work with you in a certain way, you don't have to say yes. I stopped doing one-on-ones this year in January, y'all. I don't work with people one-on-one -on -one anymore. It's like the biggest luxury. It's the biggest gift to myself. I only do, my programs are only group coaching models now. I don't do one-on-one -on -one anymore. I didn't, I didn't think that was available to me, right? I felt like even though the entrepreneur means, you know, having your own business, I thought it also meant 
being just as overextended and tired and busy and most importantly just doing things that you don't necessarily want to do like I was used to when I was indoctrinated into the nine to five system that I came from that most of us come from right and so that's how a lot of entrepreneurs fail right so we don't know and we haven't taken the time to explore this new version of us right and so in entrepreneurship a lot of times you know a company or a business we don't master a certain lane. We don't master a certain service or product. We're offering too much to people, right? And so we haven't been able to um, find, get, work out the finite details in the product or service that we already offer. And so our business never really takes off like we want it to. And, we, and mostly because we're never servicing the clients or the end users at the highest level possible because us as the founder, as the as the um, genius in the company, you as the um, the gift in the company or whatever, as the talent, that's the word I'm looking for, you overextend yourself. And so your talents aren't being utilized at their highest level because you want to make your business or your company your nine to five. It's like, no, it doesn't work that way. And I just, I'm just starting to understand that, like I said, in 2021. So that's exactly what happens in health. That's exactly what happens in a plant-based diet. Like, we do not take the time to get to know who we are without being chronic, chronically fatigued, without chronic pain, without chronic discomfort, without hating our body. Like, how do I live a life where I'm comfortable in my body? How do I live a life where I can you know, do physical activities without, without being overexerted? How do I live a life where I don't, where I'm not constantly managing medications or supplements and vitamins? How do I live a life that doesn't require me to constantly carry aspirin or ibuprofen because I know a headache or some pain is coming? Like I remember, like women, that time in a month, when we have cramps. Are you so used to being in so much pain that time of month, like what would you do if you weren't? Like next month, if you work up and you weren't, if you didn't have debilitating cramps for five days, do you know what that would feel like and what that would look like? You, do you get what I'm saying? Like we say that that's the hard part, but actually being uncomfortable, being overextended, being broke, being in pain is the hardest part. That's the hardest, that, I mean, that, that's the easiest part because that's what we've mastered. We've literally mastered being overweight and obese. It's, it's the thing you complain about the most, but it's also the things that's the easiest for you. You know what theaters or you can and can't go to. You know what seats you can't fit into. You know what stores you can shop at for what clothes that don't that make you feel somewhat comfortable in. You know, you know what to eat publicly and what to eat privately because of your shame or your guilt. You know, you know what 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 side to sleep on. You know how to be intimate you know, with, with your partner that makes you feel comfortable. All the lights need to be off. It needs to be nighttime. Like, you know how to be overweight and obese. Like, you've mastered everything that comes with that. But do you know how to be healthy? Do you know how to be lean? Do you know how to exist in the body that doesn't discuss you every time you look in the mirror? Do you know how to receive a compliment for somebody? You down 40 pounds. You're down 30 pounds. Do you know how to receive that compliment, right? No. And so what happens is we get these phenomenal results after going plant-based and we self-sabotage and run back to the dysfunction dis that is so comfortable.
And that is the hardest thing for people. That is by far the hardest thing, y'all. Like, I remember, like, one of my um, favorite speakers is Ta-Nehisi Coates. He's a, um, he's a scholar, he's an intellect, um, and he does all these wonderful lectures, right? And Ta-Nehisi, I remember listening to him. He was doing a lecture in Paris, um, and I was just listening to the, to the replay. And he, someone asked him in the audience, somebody asked Ta-Nehisi, like, okay, you know, you often talk about, you know, your childhood and coming up with very little and you're, you know, having to watch your family, your parents put resources together and things to make, um, you know, make things work to stretch out the resources to the end of the month or whatever. And this person in the audience asked them, you know, now that you don't have to do that, now that you are well off, like you have means, like you're raising your child with means and that struggle that you experience is not going to be part of your child's experience. How are you dealing with that? Like, because the way you learned um, the, these lessons that you're talking about today is through struggle, right? But you have now created a life for yourself where your offspring won't experience that struggle, right? And, you know, this person in the audience asked Tanahasi, like, what that do? Like, what, what that, what's that going to look like? Like, how are, you, how are you managing that? What is it like? Do you all know what Tanahasi said? He said, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. He said, I know how to not have money and how to have to piecemeal, you know, things together, piecemeal bills together or meals together or make $5 stretch. Like, he's like, I don't know how to have this much money. I don't know how to be this comfortable. I don't know. I, he, he actually said, I've never heard Tanahasi not have like an intellectual answer to a question. But he's like, I have no idea how I'm going to raise my offspring with this money and this abundance that we now have. And that's exactly what most of us struggle with. Like, do you know, I remember y'all when I first, um, when it first became available to me that I like, cause I love traveling, I love traveling. And so I remember when I could now start picking places to travel to no longer based on the cost of the plane ticket, right? Um, I remember when I could stay in nicer places when that became an option and available to me. I remember, like literally, I'm going to uh, Mexico next spring and we're, I'm flying first class. Like, I remember what I never would have considered that, right? And so I... It, it was, it's so amazing to me how right now, right, I could probably go back to, you know, not having a lot of money. I can go back to, you know, not having means and literally be comfortable, right? But what's most challenging is having abundance because abundance is not just like physical money or things or cars. It's literally a mindset, right? So I, re I remember and I even still had to stop doing this recently, constantly asking what something costs before I asked any other question, right? Like, um, Lise, you want to go on vacation, I don't know, to Atlanta next, you know, month for my birthday? Or Lise, you want to go, you know, to this concert? And my first question, like most of us are used to, is how much, how much, how much? Now what I need to know is, now my first question is, what day? right? Let me see if I'm free. But my first question used to be, how much does it cost? Because I was used to being in lack. 
I was used to having, you know, enough to take some vacations every now and then, but I definitely wasn't going to stay at the best places. I definitely wasn't going to fly, fly first class, right? I remember where my only option was spirit. Like if spirit don't fly there, I ain't going, <laughs> right? Because that's the low budget airline. It's going to get you there, whatever. I will not step foot on a spirit flight now, right? I'm like, I don't have to, I don't have to deal with this nonsense. The seats don't recline, fam. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not apologizing for it. I'm not. The seats don't recline. I'm not flying spirit, okay? They don't, you can't get a cup of water. You can't take a bag. I don't do it anymore, right? I, I, but I remember when that was my go-to airline. Like, why would I look anywhere else? This is the cheapest. And my only concern is how can I save money? Now I live life based on the experience I want to have and not the money I want to save, right? What experience do I want to have now, right? And so that's a very different way of existing, Right. And so when you are free and um, when you are freed from discomfort and pain and, and you you sometimes don't know how to be that person. Right. Like me being a, a health coach, a speaker on health, I'm a role model. Right. And so I talk about plant based nutrition all the time. I live the life at a very high level. Um, and so people are going to model what I do and say. If I show my food, people want to know where you get that, where you buy that, what's in that, right? Is those, is those black beans, what's going on here, right? Because people want to model your behavior when you position yourself that way. And so what happens when people get healthy is if you're getting healthy, like you get off some blood pressure meds or you start losing weight or whatever it may be, you're, you're, you're instantly a role model. And so people are scared of that. People are scared of that responsibility. And this new version of you, who you've become, just becomes so difficult to be that. And inevitably, many of us self-sabotage over and over and over again until we finally get the lesson that, oh, living in abundance or living a healthy lifestyle, right, or having freedom of your, of your time and your life, right, or not working a nine to five and being an entrepreneur is comes with these things. And it coming with these things means I have to accept that, right? So being healthy, is going to automatically make me a, a, a pseudo expert and a role model in my ecosystem, right? Um, living abundantly is all is automatically going to make me, um, is automatically going to make me admired and looked up to in my circle, right? Because everyone else wants to know, how do I get out of debt? What did you say you're investing in? You know, what? tell me more about what you're doing, right? Like, why Why every time I see you, it looks like you, you know, you're on vacation. How are you affording this? Like, when you start living a life of abundance, you become attractive to people, right? Um, when you are partying <laughs> on a Tuesday night, shout out to Tajma, right? And living your life like tomorrow is Sunday, right? People want to know, how can you, how can you do that? Right. Because everyone else thinking I got to get home, I got to get to bed because I got to get up and I got to go to work. Right. Where I'm thinking like I remember like hanging out last night, drininging and being like, oh, I just sleep. You know what I mean? Like I'll just do whatever I want. Like I, I'm, I don't have to get up and do anything. I had a meeting at 1130 this morning with my staff. Right. And then I had a, I was being interviewed this afternoon at five o'clock for a summit. 
And that was it. I'm like, oh, I could take naps. I can lounge around. I don't even think I sat on the couch today. I literally have been rolling around in the bed chilling. But that's a new version of myself that I had to get to know and get to know that those privileges were now available to me, right? And sometimes with those privileges comes levels of guilt, right? I mean, I, I have never even looked at the cost of a first class plane ticket, you know? But I'm like, man... We're staying literally at this five-star resort next year when we go to Mexico, and it's really, really, really nice. And I like, I'm like, how much is the first class? I'm like, if we're gonna be first class when we land, I'm like, vacation start that morning, not when we get to the destination. I'm like, let's go first class all the way, right? And so we're flying first class. But that those are luxuries that that usually when people get those levels of luxuries, like if they start getting abundance, if they start getting healthy. Um, if they get uh, their their they, if they buy their time back in their life, like with entrepreneurship or something like that, when you start getting alignment in your life, usually those things come with a level of guilt, and that sometimes a level of guilt or a level of shame, right? And so we either hide it, you know, we do it in secret, or we um, self sabotage and go back to being on the level we were before, not only to make ourselves comfortable, but to make the people around us comfortable, right? Because right, I remember like wanted to keep to myself that I had a housekeeper. Like even before I started saying it publicly, it was a thing that made me uncomfortable to say, right? Um, losing the weight and being able to shop swimwear uh, that I would have never considered before, right? Um, not being bogged down with unhealthy things that made me feel like crap. Like now I'm just as proud of how healthy I am, how abundant I am, how you know happy I am in my life and in my relationships. Um, as I, as I was when I was, you know, okay with saying how I didn't have all those things, because when we live our life in those spaces where we don't have those things, because they're often so common in our ecosystem at the time, you know, we, we don't have shame in talking about, we don't have the money. We don't have shame in talking about what's hurting on our body today. We don't have shame in talking about we're addicted to sugar. But when we say that when those things aren't a problem for us, when they aren't a struggle for us. It's so crazy to think that it's more shame in, in saying that, right? So let's talk about really quickly how you become the person so that when you get to those seasons in your life where you are free of disease, where you are free of discomfort, when you are living abundantly, when you have complete dominion over your life, how do you not self-sabotage and go back to the version of you um, that was all of those things? I'm going to tell you, first and foremost, it's going to be environment. Right. Um, it's really going to be about changing your environment to make sure you're surrounded by the things you're trying to achieve. Right. So um, I know for a fact, like without a shadow of a doubt, you know, I'm going to be a multimillionaire. It's the trajectory. It's not even cloudy. It's clear. It's the clearest day ever. Like I can see it. Right. It's not a question. It's it's, it's just a fact. Right. I'm going to be a multimillionaire. And so. Knowing this, you know, um, I got some millionaires in my circle, right? My mentor is a millionaire, multimillionaire. My business coach is a multimillionaire. Like I made sure that I was surrounded by the individuals that I aspire to become or, you know, to attain some qualities that they've attained. And so, but I remember literally just the other day, like recently, right? I woke up and I was laying in bed and I was just laying there. I was like, if I woke up right now 
as a multimillionaire. And when I say multimillionaire, I'm not talking about like, because two million, it, you, you can do two million a year be a multimillionaire. I'm, not, I'm talking about 600, 700 million, probably close to a billion. Like I'm going to be a multi, multi, multimillionaire. And the reason I know that it's not arrogance, it's just because um, how my gifts are aligned with solving problems in the world. So I know it because anytime you, your um, everybody's gift is, has something to do with serving. One of the ways you know that you're operating in your gift and in alignment is if you're serving, right? Um, and so I am. And the problems that I'm solving for people in the world, right, is one, it's not the only, but it's one of the indicators that I will never be in lack. And when I say never be in lack, I mean I will have excess and overflow, okay? Um, and so I know that. I know that already. Um, it's just a thing, okay? And so I was, I was laying there the, the other morning and uh, I'm like, if I woke up right now and I was a multimillionaire right in this moment, I was like, what would a multimillionaire do right now? Like, what, a, what would a multimillionaire do and waking up right now? I was like, what's the first thing that a multimillionaire does when they get out of bed in the morning? Because I'm like, I, gotta, I, I already know I'm going to be it. I'm, I'm already a, a multimillionaire in my mind, right? Because I'm, I'm going to do this thing opposite. Usually we get healthy and then mentally try and catch up to what we physically become. Right. Usually we, we, we get the money and then we do the personal development to become a person who feels like they worth they're worthy of what they've acquired. I'm doing the opposite. Right. I'm becoming the person so that when the zeros come, I'm already the person and I, I can enjoy it. Ain't it the worst where you get what you wanted, but then you got to spend a couple years becoming the person who deserves it? Who the hell about to waste time on that? So I'm like, let me let me do this thing the opposite. Right. Let me become the person. And then when I get the thing, I can spend the rest of my life enjoying the thing. Right. So if you want to be a person who's at a healthy weight, free of disease, free of discomfort, if you want to be a person who enjoys healthy, loving relationships, become that before you get it. Like make a list of what that looked like. And like Lisa Nichols says, become the list. Right. And then once you get it, you just spend your time enjoying it. Right. So anyway, that's the work I'm doing right now, y'all. So I already know I'm going to be a multimillionaire. And so I woke up the other morning. What the heck does a multimillionaire do the first thing in the morning? And so based on, you know, the multimillionaires that I intentionally have in my life, based off the books I've read about it, um, I'm reading a book right now, The 9 to 5 Millionaire. Like, I am all about it, right? I'm like, I'm about to become the heck out of this person. So I was like, what I know from the people I study, from the people I personally know, is that and the first thing a multimillionaire would do in the morning is pour into themselves. They would take care of either their mental, physical, or emotional being, right? So I jumped out of bed, and, and I usually do this anyway. I usually work out in the morning, but I just wanted to be intentional. I wanted it to be a conscious thought that I entertained that, that, that day. So I hopped out of bed, and I worked out. I went out on the riverfront on the water. You know, before it got too hot, it's like 6.30, 7 in the morning, and I got a hard workout in. You know what I'm saying? I really pushed myself, and I was just really thinking, like, because the reason health is so important, and this is obvious, but the reason that health is so important to wealthy people um, is because they need um, to, they want all the time they can get to enjoy it. Right. What's the point of acquiring the wealth um, and you don't have the time to enjoy it. So you want to take care of your body. You want to take care of your mind. Right. Um, and so that's the first reason why health is so important to wealthy people. 
Um, but the other reason, you know, is because especially people who are wealthy because of their own intellect, like me, I sell my intellect. Like I don't have a physical product. I don't have, you know, I sell my intellect. And so when you sell your intellect, you have to protect your intellect, right? And so what I know from being a personal trainer and studying physiology and anatomy is that your the condition of your physical body partly determines the condition of your mind, right? And so me running, me, you know, doing calisthenics, me doing weight training is essentially uh, a, a means, a way in which I protect my investment. I protect my intellectual property. I protect my mind, which is the one thing that I've made a career out of monetizing, right? When people enroll into my coaching program, Farm to Table, this summer when I release my plant-based certification, the other 23, um, that's all intell my intellectual property. It all came out of my head, right? I didn't sit down and design a, a shoe or a dress, right? I didn't build a... a an app or anything techie, like it's all in my head. And so I have to protect that, right? And all, all of the art and all of that, that comes out of their mind too, don't get me wrong, but you guys get what I'm saying, right? Um, it's nothing like, like once you create a dress, once you create a dope t-shirt um, or a dope mug or something, or maybe you got a line of hats or you create suits and bow ties, like at least once you create it and it's in production, that part is done. Now it's just keeping it in production. But if you monetize your mind for a living, you constantly have to, um, you constantly have to create content. Like before I came on live tonight, even though I'm talking from the top of my head, I knew what I was going to talk about. And I had to develop or devise some bullets and some key points that I wanted to make for you guys. And then I also, okay, I was like, I, I know what I want to talk about. I know what problem I want to tell them that they don't know they have. Right. But then I also want to help them with a solution. So I had to, this is all premeditated. This talk is premeditated. This is intellectual property. When this live is over, I'm going to save the video. I'm going to download it. I'm going to upload it onto another platform to share it with a part of my audience that wasn't on live tonight. So it'll go on my podcast platform. It'll go maybe inside of the Black Health Academy. I might even save it and not post it anywhere and actually reserve it for my farm to table students if I say something that I think, you know, just that special part of my audience should only have access to, right? So this is me in real time. You're watching me create intellectual property, right? That I'm then going to go on to use to teach like, we're going to get way more views, way more listens on the replay. People are going to hear this. They're going to take that lesson from it. And it's either going to solidify their spot in my ecosystem, which means they want more from me. They want to hear more from me. And eventually they'll want to buy from me. Right. That's just how business works. Right. Um, and so this is in real time. I'm doing what I do and I'm going to eventually this is a way that is going to lead to monetization. And I had to protect this intellectual property. So the first thing I, Lisa, the multimillionaire, we need to do every morning is wake up and protect it, right? My mind, this is what I sell. And so it's really important that I become or that you become the person mentally and emotionally who you're striving to become physically or financially. Does that make sense, y'all? So you you quit your nine to five. You become you become an entrepreneur by title, but you don't become an entrepreneur mentally. 
meaning you still think you need to go to bed at a certain time. You still think you have to do work you hate. I remember years ago um, not really loving my clients at that time. I was still doing one-on-one -on -one coaching, and there was not all of them. There were some clients that I didn't look forward to working with. Right. And we know when you work a nine to five and you have to come in contact with the public or whatever, or even your coworkers, um, you got to deal with it. You don't get to tell, you know, your coworker, I don't I don't like you. I don't like working with you. You get on my nerves. Right. You got to deal with it. you got to endure that. Right. And so when you when you make the decision to leave the nine to five space and there's absolutely nothing wrong with the nine to five space. I'm just talking from my experience and you make the decision to come over into the entrepreneur space. Say, for example, you haven't necessarily become the person that understands. I ain't got to deal with that. I don't, I don't have to work with people that I don't enjoy. Right. Because yes, money, but also yes, peace, you know, also, yes, joy. Like, I want to extract joy from my work. So I remember a couple years ago having these clients that I didn't really enjoy working with. And you know how when um, sometimes, well, at least females, we do this. If you're, like, dating or you're, like, waiting, looking for love, seeking a relationship or whatever, sometimes us females will make a list of what we want in a mate, right? And sidebar, I did it and it worked. I got everything on my list, so give, give it a try. <laughs> but... You know, we'll do that. We'll make a list of who we want to attract in our life romantically. Well, I did that exercise professionally. I made a list of what qualities I wanted in my clients. So I actually wrote down, you know, what I wanted my ideal client to look like, to be like, um, what characteristics I wanted them to have. And I began to attract that, right? And so because I channel energy towards that attraction, right? And so I begin to attract my clients and lo and behold, I woke up one day and I enjoyed every single person that I worked with and I enjoyed every single thing I did in my business. I had to become the person that understood that as an entrepreneur, one of the perks is I don't have to resign myself to doing work that doesn't fulfill me or that drains me more than it fuels me. Right now, don't get me wrong in your business. You're not going to enjoy every aspect of running a business. Let's be clear. Your business is not there to um, make you happy. You shouldn't enjoy every single. You're not going to enjoy. It's unrealistic to enjoy every single thing. And the hope is that you will eventually reach a level of cash flow in your business where you can delegate or outsource the things you don't enjoy or automate the things you don't enjoy. That's always the goal in business. Right. But in the beginning, when you're just starting off, that might not be available to you just yet. But if you're coming from a nine to five, sometimes you think that's just what working means. Because we, in our culture, have definitely equated the word work with unhappiness, right? Oh, got work tomorrow, right? Like, oh, uh, what, what, what do people say? Uh, like, uh, thank God it's Friday and, and uh, got a case of the Mondays. Like, we've literally put assigned emotions to days of the week based on how they correlate with work schedule. Like what? Right? My in my case of the Mondays is joy and happiness. It's the exact same thing I feel on a Saturday. Right? But we've made work such a bad word in our culture that we expect people to hate their job. We expect people to hate work. We expect people not to be looking forward to it. We expect people to worship Fridays and despise Mondays, right? Because we expect the majority of our culture and the people we know to not look forward to work. And so 
it's, it's an insane, dysfunctional way of existing, right? To think that you are supposed to endure unhappiness for five days out of your seven-day week. Insane to me. But we get so used to that that we, when we, come, when we do get into a space where we have the freedom to enjoy what we do, we create, we create a space where we don't enjoy it just so we can still exist in a culture that we're used to existing in, which is uh, work, uh, clients. Oh, I got these people that I got to deal with. Like, don't you work for yourself? Yeah, so why are you unhappy? Why did you work for yourself to be unhappy? You know what I'm saying? And so you, the way that you get over self-sabotage and running back to um, the, per, the version of you that was unhappy, that lived in lack, that lived in fear, um, that was physically, emotionally um, deconditioned is you, number one, do the work before you arrive, right? So if you're just now starting off on your plant-based diet and some of you watching and listening right now, if you're listening to the replay, some of you um, are going to work with me on my farm to table program. Some of you are going to be students in farm to table. So let me tell you, before you get into farm to table, right? I'm going, I'm going to give you pre-homework before we even work together, okay? I want you to start to become the person now who is free from disease, discomfort, and dysfunction. Right now, you're living with conditions that don't make you feel well. Right now, you're living with chronic pain, fatigue, whatever, digestive issues, you know, um, recurring headaches, all of these things, inflammation in your body. Um, you're dealing with these things right now, right? Maybe you're just dealing with, you know, a strong um, case of body dysmorphia because you're so uncomfortable in your body because maybe you're overweight or you're just out of shape and you're just unhappy, right? And you want to do something about it, right? And you are going to make the choice to do something about it, right? You're going to, if you're listening to me, you're going to make the choice to change what you don't like about your life what you don't like about your health. You're going to make the choice to do that. But let me warn you, okay? Let me warn you. When you embark on this journey to change these things about your life and about your health, right? As you become a new version of you, which is the version of you that no longer has to deal with the digestive issues, that no longer has the back and knee pain, that no longer has high blood pressure, you know, that no longer has body dysmorphia, that no longer has inflammation, you're going to have to spend some time getting to know him or her. You're going to have to spend some time understanding the luxuries that now comes with being that person. You're going to have to understand and disassociate with the guilt or the shame that comes from being a person that no longer has to, you know, rely on medications, rely on vitamins and supplements. Um, and, and you're going to have to disassociate with the guilt and shame that comes with still having friends and family that have to do this and you being the one who made it, right? It's like survivor's remorse, just like when people get, you know, abundance and wealth and they get out the hood or they don't have to struggle, right? A lot of people self-sabotage. They come back to the hood, not saying that you shouldn't, but there's a way in which you should come back to the hood when you're wealthy. You can't come back to the hood the same way you were in the hood before it should look different. Right. Um, and so but that survivor's remorse, that's not just for abundance. That's also for health. And so you need to be become the person before you fully become the person, because you will make the mistake that many of us made. And you will have to spend months and sometimes years 
becoming the person mentally, even though you've already become the person physically, becoming the person mentally, although you've already become the person financially, becoming the person mentally, although you've already become the person professionally, becoming the person mentally, although you've already become the person relationally, you've already found the love and you already are in a happy relationship, but you spent a year of that relationship almost losing it because you didn't know how to become to be the person who someone could love unconditionally. So you intentionally made yourself unlovable because you didn't know how to be that person. And so you self-sabotage because you don't know how to communicate. You don't know how to talk about things and work out conflict in real time. You don't know how to be intimate. You don't, you don't know how to do those things. You don't know how to have literally a peaceful and blissful relationship or even a friendship. You're used to your friendships being dysfunctional. And so when you get somebody in your life who genuinely wants to be your friend and love on you for you, you don't even know how to trust. You don't know how to let your guard down. You don't know how to be vulnerable. And so you risk that relationship because you haven't become the person, right? And so do the work. Do the work ahead of time, mentally becoming this new version of you so that when you become her, you don't run from compliments, right? You don't come with the response. You don't run from the responsibility of being a role model. You don't run from the responsibility of having abundance and showing your friends and family what having abundance look like as opposed to being ashamed of your abundance and trying to act like you broke when you know you can afford better and do better now because you've done the work to earn it. You just don't know how to be an abundant person. Right. And so for most of us, we're so used to having to endure the struggle and we know how to exist with the struggle that we don't know how to exist without the struggle. And so I want you, I want you to do your whole self a favor, because when you get in front of the table, I'm going to tell you right now, we getting results. Right. You don't come to the farm table and not get results. You're going to be transformed some people are transformed more physically. Some people are transformed more mentally and emotionally. But either way, we're going to get major scale and non-scale victories for you in front of the table. But what I don't want to happen is that you graduate from one of my programs or you graduate from somebody else's program. If you got these wonderful results when you were in the program, but you can't sustain the results, not because you're so addicted to sugar that you got to go back. You're so addicted to having an addiction. You're so addicted to having a problem that you just recreate one because you don't know how to be a person that don't have to deal with that. So you recreate a problem, right? So do the personal development work, do the self-enhancement work, right? Do the critical thinking work, um, do the self-worth and the self-love work that's required for, for you to benefit from all of the perks that comes with this new version of you, right? Like I'm, I'm no longer ashamed of having abundance. I'm no longer ashamed of being in the best shape of my life. I'm no longer ashamed of being talented and gifted, right? You ever dim your own light, you know, when you're in certain circles or around certain people, just because you stand out more, your personality, you're lovable, you have a gift that people are attracted to. Before you step fully into your light, you need to understand how bright it's going to be so that you don't self-sabotage and don't go back to being the person you were, right? Don't waste a year or two of this new season of your life trying to become the person, okay? So do the work ahead of time so that when I see you in front of the table, right, you can sustain every, every single result that we're going to get together, right? When you become fully plant-based and you free yourself from all of the health issues that you thought were going to be a part of your life, 
it's going to be mind blowing and you're not, you're not going to know how to be that person. Final, final example, I'll say, which you guys probably don't need another example because I'm always talking points into the ground. Um, but you know, my, my good client, my good friend, Tracy, right. I've been working with Tracy for since 2016. And she, at her biggest was 600 pounds when she started working with me. I think she was in her 400s or whatever. And now, you know, she's down in her 300s. And, you know, Tracy has talked about this publicly, which is why I'm sharing it. I've interviewed her twice for the Black Health Academy. So she has talked about this during our, our public interviews. But um, she, when we started losing the weight, like she's down 50 pounds, 100 pounds, 120 pounds. She's down 200 pounds. She kept buying like six and seven X size clothes. And I'm like, bro, what you doing? What, what are we doing here? Like, why are you buying clothes that you can no longer fit? And, I, and I'm not saying wearing the old, I'm saying still buying though, like buying new clothes that are in those large sizes. And I'm like, why are you buying these large size clothes? And she's like, coach, just in case, right? Like, like just in case, you know, I need them just in case I have to go back to them. Um, but really, you know, she was still that person. She was still 600 pounds in her head, even though, you know, the scale said she was 350, right? And so she hadn't become this new version of herself. And that's really the challenge with things like bariatric surgery and many other weight loss surgeries or even procedures like liposuctions and things like that. You don't have the luxury of taking the time to become the new version of yourself, um, and so when you get the physical result too fast without becoming the person, you actually don't enjoy it as much because you don't know how to be her. You don't know what the 300 pound you likes and dislikes and you don't know who the 300 pound you can spend time with. Her friends had to change. Like Tracy talked about, like when I started losing weight and getting healthy and exercising coach, there were friends that I no longer could spend time with because every time I would call them, they would want to say, you know, let's go get some junk food. Let's go get some fast food. Like those were the people who I ate crap with and they no longer served me. But I didn't know that because I didn't take the time to get to know this new version of myself. And so I, she said, as soon as I started feeling depressed, as soon as I started feeling down and just sad and, and I wanted to emotionally eat, that's who I called. I knew exactly who to call, right, to put poor food in my body. Right. And so this new version of you comes with a new set of friends. It comes with a new digital and physical ecosystem. It comes with new it comes with options. Right. Like, oh, I don't have to just like for me personally, like I said earlier, I ain't got to just shop spirit when I'm searching flights. Like I'm shopping first class Delta flights. <laughs> what? Like this new version of me has options. And so I need to make sure that I'm becoming her or else I will self-sabotage and go back to who I was. And that's the biggest and that's the hardest part about becoming plant-based. It's the hardest part about living a life of abundance. It's the hardest part about having professional freedom. You know, it's the hardest part about being in a loving, healthy relationship or friendships. It's, it's the hardest part about having spiritual growth is that this new version of me has different preferences. They exist differently. They walk differently. They talk differently. And everyone else is used to me being somebody else. So how do I take the time to get to know this new person? So if you missed some of this, go back in your time and watch the full thing. Listen to the full replay because I tell you how I did it. And I tell you how to avoid this pitfall so that when you reach this level of optimal health um, that you're seeking and that you're going to attain, right, you can enjoy it from day one, right? 
you don't want to enjoy it at day 352 because you had to spend a year getting over your fear and going back to who you used to be. You had to spend a year with um, getting over your fear and shopping in new stores and, and eating differently because you didn't know who you were now, right? So do what I did. Like I said, I woke up the other day like, what was the first thing a multimillionaire would do right now, <laughs> right? Let me get some multimillionaires in my circle and start studying them. Let me read the books they've written, right? Like I study who or what you want to become and begin to model that behavior until you become that person, right? In, in Farmer Table, we call it doing versus becoming, right? In the beginning, when you're trying to grow as a person, you're usually going to do the things until you become the person, right? So you're going to drink the water, right? You're going to eat the salads, right? You're going to go to the gym, right? And, and so you're doing, you're doing, and you're getting the results of doing, but because you haven't become, right, you can't sustain the results of doing, all right? Now, you want that concept expressed. Like, uh, if you want me to explore that concept more, you need to get on a wait list for Farm to Table because we go heavy. We talk about way more than plants in Farm to Table, but it's really important. And so that's the work that needs to be done. OK, so listen, the next um, cohort of Farm to Table is actually going to be in October. Uh, our fall cohort will be October 2nd to December 4th. It's a 10 week um, coaching program. And um, it's one of the highlights of my life and of my career. I absolutely love teaching Farm to Table. We've literally had hundreds and hundreds of students go through Farm to Table. And um, it's a really, really great program, guys, that we've specifically designed with um, specific curriculum, coaching, and community to really get you the results you're looking for. Uh, and then we also work with you to do the work to become the person who can sustain the results, right? Because you know, it's not the sugar at that point. It's not the dairy at that point. It's you. It's you are not the person that you believe you need to be in order to sustain this. And so you go back to being the person who you're used to being, right? And so you need to be in Farm to Table if this sounds like you. If this resonated with you today, you definitely need to be in Farm to Table. The wait list is open right now. I'll put the link in the chat or you can go to lisaangelsmith.com forward slash apply and just read all about Farm to Table, listen to the testimonials from some of our alumni um, and get on the wait list for the fall cohort. Um, I'm starting, well, I started this year, but I used to teach Farm to Table four times a year. I'm only going to teach it three times a year now, um, winter, spring, and fall. We will no longer do a summer semester because this summer I'm releasing my plant-based certification, the other 23. Um, so for individuals who want to get certified in plant-based nutrition and get certified in coaching, I'm going to be, you know, doing that now, which is a, like, as that's a 10 month program. Farm to Table is a 10 week program. So very, two very, very different programs. Um, but those are the only two programs that I'll be offering now. I don't do one-on-one -on -one anymore. Um, so, but if you know that you need to hear more of what you heard today, where it's not just an issue of how do I not eat dairy? How do I not eat meat? How do I not eat sugar? But it's also an issue of um, how do I develop a belief system that says that not only is this lifestyle available to me, but that is sustainable for me. If you need more of that work, if you need to unpack that a little more, then Farm to Table is also a great place for you. It's not, we don't just teach you how to read food labels and how to overcome you know, salt and sugar addictions. We also teach, we also do the personal development work and the self-discovery work um, to make sure you are becoming the person. I, when, I, when I tell you, I can't, I can't minimize this. It's such a big deal. It's such a big deal because most people, what they think they need, what they think they need is recipes, 
What they think they need is to learn how to dine out. What they think they need is to learn how to grocery shop. But what they really need is a internal transformation. What they really need is work on their emotional intelligence, right? But when you pair both of those in one program, like, yep, I'm going to tell you the recipes. I'm going to tell you how to eat out. I'm going to tell you the science behind high blood pressure and cholesterol and obesity. Um, but then I'm going to also teach you how to get to know yourself in such a way that the results you're about to get are going to be sustainable, right? So, you know, really dissect where you are and what season you're in right now to see, you know, am I really thinking that I don't need to be in a program because I can figure out how to grocery shop and dine out on my own? Or are you the real problem? Are you, do you typically get in your own way? And the way you dissect this is kind of just looking back on your past attempts to reach your health goals. And your past attempts to reach your health goals was it truly the strategy you were using? Like, was it was it really the keto diet's fault? Like, was it really that 21-day detox fault? Was it really the Daniel Fast fault? Like, are you was it really the waist trainer or the weight loss tea fault, or was it you? Like, were you the reason that you couldn't go forward and make these things sustainable? Because if it's you, then we need to take you out of the equation, <laughs> right? And we need to put a new version of you in, but... You know, even the best surgeons can't do surgery on themselves. And so what happens is when you think you know how to DIY these things that you're trying to achieve, um, you can't do it yourself because you're not skilled enough to see your blind spots, right? And so when you're not skilled enough to see your blind spots, you need to be in a community that's attached to a curriculum that's going to hold your hand through the process to show you your blind spots. And so that's what we do at Farm the Table. So I encourage you to get on the wait list at lisaangelsmith.com forward slash apply. Um, I'll put that in the show notes or in the captions or however you're listening or watching this because this is going to be on my podcast. This is going to be on probably inside the Black Health Academy. I don't know. But get on the wait list when the application opens August 2nd. If you're listening to this before August 2021, the application is going to open August 2nd. Um, and the application season will go from like August through September, and then the semester starts in October. And you do have to apply to be in Farm to Table. It's not a um, just come to the page and check out process. You have to apply, and you have to be interviewed to be in Farm to Table. And we want to make sure there's a level of readiness that's there. Um, so I highly encourage you, if this resonated with you today, and you realize, wow, that's my problem. That's why I haven't been able to get reach my health goals, my weight goals, or whatever. I highly encourage you to um, really highly consider getting into a group coaching program that has a curriculum that's structured for you to succeed, but most importantly, for someone to identify your blind spots so that you don't review the past, so that you don't go back to doing the same old thing you used to do. Do something, get results, then fail. Do something, get results, fail, self-sabotage, go back to square one. That we're going to break that cycle. So my mission in front of the table is to break that cycle for you. Okay. All right. So hope this resonated with you guys. Um, drop me some likes. Drop me some shares. And I have any questions come in. So um, Imani, you said you're very interested in the certification. Yes. The other 23 
plant-based certification is uh, releasing this summer. The application is going to open the same day that Farm to Table application opens on August 2nd. And so the other 23, which stands for anyone can work out for an hour a day, but it's what you do for the other 23 hours that has the biggest impact on your health. It's going to be my signature plant-based and coaching certification where I'll be certifying individuals both in plant-based nutrition and in my signature method of coaching. Okay. So what typically happens is, you know, us health coaches, we go for to one place to learn the science and we have to go to another place to learn coaching techniques. If, if we ever go there, most people just stop at learning the science, right? They're like, yep, I'm certified in health. Yep. I'm certified in you know, personal training. Yep. I'm certified in plant-based nutrition. But some, many of us don't take the extra step to actually learn what coaching is. Because most people think coaching is teaching and teaching and coaching are two different things. And so what I'm going to do in the other 23 is I'm going to certify you in plant-based nutrition so that you can apply that to whatever career you're in. So if you're a yogi, if you're a fitness trainer, if you're a nurse, if you're a doctor, if you're a mental health specialist, if you're a social worker, you really want to be certified in plant-based nutrition because that's going to have a huge impact on the health outcomes of your clients and your patients. Like understanding water, understanding sugar, understanding um, processed foods and the chemicals that are in them and how it alters our brain and our body. If you're a social worker, if you're a therapist, right, if you're a nurse, you can see how knowing that will really make a difference, right? So the other 23 is designed for people who are health coaches already or who work in that health adjacent field, like a nurse or a doctor or a yogi or a therapist, right? Um, a group fitness exercise instructor, like how dope would it be and how much more competitive would you be in your field if you were certified in plant-based nutrition? They think they're showing up just for a cardio kickboxing class or a spinning class or a yoga class, but you sprinkle them with a little nutrition, right? And, and they're like, and you just like, here's a, you know, nutritional goal for you this week in addition to, in addition to your movement. And you do a little teaching around that. Like you, it will definitely position you in your space as an authority and just more attractive by being certified in plant-based nutrition or imagine getting a nurse, you know, who knows plant-based nutrition or a doctor who knows plant-based nutrition. So um, certifying people in plant-based nutrition, but then for those who want to monetize coaching, I'm also going to teach you my signature method in um, coaching. And it's a method that I created. I've been a coach for many years now. I've gotten hundreds of people's, people results, right? So I actually kind of just dissected what I learn and what I do as a coach and I actually put in a formulaic structure that I can now teach and that other people can follow. Okay. So I'm going to certify you guys in plant-based nutrition and coaching all in one program. It's called the other 23. The application op opens August 2nd, 2021. The first cohort is going to start in September. We'll be meeting every first and third Wednesday of the month for about 10 months. Um, because in the other 23, we'll be focused on three key areas, which is mastery, integrity, and confidence, okay? So mastery in the science and the information, integrity in the way in which you deliver the content to the people you're serving, and confidence in your ability to coach. Because a lot of people have the information, but they don't, they still can't get transformational experiences for the people they serve because they don't know how to properly coach behavior change. Like it's one thing to know sugar is bad for you and you shouldn't eat sugar and even know some science about sugar. But how do you coach another human being who has an addiction to sugar, right, um, to actually getting over that sugar addiction, to actually changing um, their health outcomes, like to saving their life? That, that takes not just science, that takes specific coaching techniques 
that you need to understand and be privy to. So we're going to do all that, all that in one program, which is the other 23. I'm so excited about this because I've been working on this certification for a long time and um, it's finally, it's finally ready. And so of course I'll be teaching it myself live with my students. And so it's going to be a really high level program. Like I said, probably about a 10 month container. We may go a little longer, but definitely 10 months. It's the minimum of amount of time it'll be. And, you know, it's accredited certification. I'm accredited through the American Association, Association of Drugless Practitioners. So that you will be, you know, accredited in plant-based nutrition and in coaching. I can't wait to just fill the world with more people about, um, about you know, fill the world with more people who can teach this content. Because I love teaching it. And I think we need more people of color teaching it. Um, Quintella, where can I find the cost for the other 23? So it is an application process. And so the investment um, will be revealed during the interview process. So it's the application will open August 2nd. And Quintella, since you're a Farm to Table alumni, the application will actually open for you earlier. Farm to Alumni will actually get access to the application before the general public, even before the wait list. Um, and so you'll receive an email when you can apply to be in Farm to Table. I mean, to, to apply to be in the other 23. As an alumni, you'll get that access probably a week before, um, before the general public. Um, will classes be online? Yes, everything is virtual. So... The other 23, the certification will be composed of, and Quintella, just a heads up though, you can expect a four-figure investment, right? So the price probably will land right now. Well, I, I don't know quite yet, so I don't even want to put a ballpark out there, but it will be a four-figure investment. Um, and um, you, can, you can expect... Um, for the other 23, you can expect for Mondays and I mean, first and third Wednesdays of the month, you will be on with me like this and I'm teaching you live. Right. Um, but then also inside of your student portal, you'll also have, um, pre-recorded interview style, um, videos that you'll also be required to watch, um, as part of the curriculum. Right. So I sat down with a few subject matter experts to break down certain things that I need you guys to learn. And so it's not me talking to the camera. It's actually me in conversation with someone else. It's actually really fun and interesting to watch. Um, and so you'll get access to that. And these are all new. I've, I've only, I only recorded them with my videographer for the other 23. So this is all brand new content. Um, so it's about 17 pre-recorded videos and then you'll meet with me, um, every first and third Wednesday of the month to actually do the work. So it's not going to be just a come and take notes and it's not all pre-recorded. So we'll be live in real time. You can ask questions. I'll be breaking down concepts for you. Um, it's, it's really an in-depth curriculum and that's why it goes so long because I'm, you know, expecting most people when they're getting certified in something, they're doing it in addition to a, a, a day job or whatever. And so keeping that in mind, I actually made it a longer program so that you don't feel overwhelmed because I'm going to have you doing significant work that's going to really unpack what type of coach you're going to be. So although it's a group coaching program, everyone that graduates from the other 23 will actually you know, be in different lanes and different spaces, right? What you study in that other 23 will be determined by your specialization. And so I have really designed the curriculum in such a way that although you're in a group setting, you're really in, in certain ways getting customized content, right? Um, and so it'll be exciting, all right? Uh, Quintella, oh, tell Joe, let's say hi. How's, he, how's his health journey doing? How's everything going with you guys? That's pretty amazing. I'm so glad you guys are still on a journey together. Um, so any other questions about the other 23 guys?
any other questions, but it is 100% virtual. So just like Farm the Table, wherever you are in the world, um, you have access. So our students, um, everything I do is 100% virtual. You never know where I am in the world. I never know where you are. Just be online at this designated time and uh, you should be good. Right. So just be online at this designated time and you'll be good. And um, the, the farm to table is different because it's a 10 week program. And in farm to table, we meet weekly and it's an intensive like we meet weekly for about two and a half hours for 10 weeks. And so this fall semester will be on Saturday mornings from 830 to 1045 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, but the other 23 will be the first and third Wednesday of the month. Um, and it will be probably a shorter meeting time because the work is a little more heavy, a little more dense. Um, and I need to give you space to really, the work that you have to do is a little, takes a little more, um, mental capacity because you have to really explore and unpack how you want to serve. If I'm training you and certifying you and being a coach, I'm not just going to give you coaching techniques. I'm going to force you to get uncomfortable. Um, to make sure that you're aligned with the type of coach you want to become. And so that alignment and that obedience is very important to me um, because I practice it in my life. And so it's not just a matter of saying, here's what the definition of coaching is, and this is how you coach. It's literally going to be having you explore your own personal life, learning how to create exit strategies for challenges you're having so that your integrity, remember I said mastery, integrity, and confidence. So it's a... It's heavy because I expect um, I expect a high level of production. I expect a high level of uh, I expect this from everybody that worked for me. I, and I expect it from my clients. Um, I just expect a higher outcome for people. I don't I don't believe in mediocrity. It's OK if people just want to do a little better, but I want people to do exponentially better. And the final thing I'll say about the other 23 is that it's going to be it's designed for people who want to monetize coaching. It's not designed for people who want to just give away information for free. I'm going to be very honest about that. Like I'm going to teach you, we're going to be talking about branding. We're going to be talking about positioning yourself as the authority in your space. We're going to be talking about making money too, right? And we're not going to sugarcoat that because if you're deciding to get certified in plant-based nutrition, if you're deciding to be a coach, you already have the helping part down. Like you already have that desire. We don't need to act like that helping should mean you don't make money, okay? So we're it's, it's a pro, if you're not in a space where you're ready to monetize your coaching, if you're not in a space where you want to make money from knowing this, then it might not be the best fit for you. It's for people who are trying to get money and help, and those things can coexist. They should coexist because when people pay, they pay attention. We all know that. When you pay, you pay attention. So we're not going to act like, oh, you're helping people, so you should do it for free. I do this for free, right? The Black Health Academy is free. I do a whole bunch of stuff for free. And this is some stuff I don't do for free. And it is what it is, okay? So this the other 23 is designed for people who want to make money, okay? As is what it is with coaching and with plant-based nutrition, all right? So I hope that answered your questions. I don't see any more comments or questions about um, the other 23 or about Farm to Table. So what I'll do is the quickest way to learn more about both of those programs um, is probably going to be the Black Health Academy, actually. So if you go to theblackhealthacademy.com, you'll see right there on the page our signature programs, and you can read more about the other 23 and uh, Farm to Table. So theblackhealthacademy.com is where you'll learn about both programs um, and make your decision about your next step in this journey, okay? We're going to get this money. We're going to get this health. It's all happening, all right? 
So I'll see you guys in the next live. If you're watching this on the replay, drop me some comments, leave me some hearts, let me know what resonated with you. Um, what were your major takeaways today? Um, what hit different for you? Let me know um, in the comments and I will talk to y'all on the flip side. Peace.